0: People often say things that are contrary to what we read in the Bible. One of the things you will hear people say is this. Everybody dies. The only thing sure in the world is death and taxes. That's not true, according to the Bible. Because the Apostle Paul told us in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 51 that not all will die. There will be some people who will not die. Jesus will return. He will raise the dead in Christ. And then the trumpet will sound. The angels will gather the elect of God from the whole earth and they will rise in the new bodies, new spiritual bodies. We won't have these current bodies in heaven. We will have new spiritual bodies. They will rise to meet Jesus and the dead in Christ who have been raised from the dead. And we meet in the air because this present heaven and earth will be destroyed by God at the end time. Second Peter chapter 3 tells us it will be destroyed. It will be burned up by God. So it won't even be here. We're going to be taken to a new heaven and a new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. Paul said in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 51, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. We shall not all die but we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed. Blink your eye. Just blink. That is how fast we'll be taken off this earth. Changed and removed from this earth. You won't have time to say goodbye. Blink your eye again. See how fast that is? In the twinkling of an eye. At the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible. And we shall be changed. We will not all die. There will be people who will never die. I saw that scripture several years ago and believed it. And I was never able to buy a cemetery plot because I didn't know whether or not I would whether I would be one of the ones that died or didn't die. I just could never see buying a cemetery plot. It's a good thing because I lived in Clovis, New Mexico at that time and then I moved to Lubbock, Texas And I still wouldn't buy a cemetery plot. Then I moved to Colorado Springs. (laughs) So it would have all been wasted. But I was just never sure whether I would die or not. And obviously Paul thought he would be alive when Jesus returns. Because he uses it in a personal way. He said, behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all die But we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound and the dead in Christ shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Now maybe at the end of his life, Paul was shown by God that he would die. But I know the way he wrote the early chapters of the epistles, he wasn't sure whether or not he would die. So the people of the world say things and we know because we've read the Bible, we know what they're saying is not according to what the Bible says. Well, the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Go by what the Bible says. When I hear something said contrary to the Bible, I find that place in the Bible where the truth is printed, and I make a screen print of that scripture, and I put it in with my other scriptures on my Kindle where I keep my photo album. I have all scriptures on my photo album to just keep them together so that I can look at those scriptures because I want to renew my mind of what the Bible says about the subject. Another thing that people frequently talk about is climate change. What does the Bible say? After the days of Noah, after the flood... And after Noah came out of the ark. In Genesis chapter 8: And Noah builded an altar unto the Lord, and took of every clean beast and of every clean fowl, and offered burnt offerings on the altar. And the Lord smelled a sweet savour. And the Lord said in his heart, I will not again curse the ground any more for man's sake. For the imagination of man's heart is evil from his youth. Neither will I again smite any living, every living thing as I have done. While the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, and cold and heat, and summer and winter, and day and night, shall not cease. That's verse 22, Genesis chapter 8, verse 22 while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease so god was saying i'm not going to bring a flood upon the earth again and kill every living creature but in the end of this world god will destroy this earth by fire this is what the apostle peter tells us in second Peter chapter 3 started verse 10. Everything we can see with our natural eye will be destroyed. But we will be removed from this earth before that happens. And we will be taken to the new heaven and the new earth wherein dwelleth righteousness. The Apostle John tells us about that in Revelation 21. John says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth were passed away, and there was no more sea. And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, And he that sat upon the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. We're going to have new bodies, new spiritual bodies. We won't have these bodies that we have now because they are subject to disease. They are subject to emotions of the sorrow. And in heaven, there will be no more death, Neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain. For the former things are passed away. We will not have these bodies in heaven. We will be recreated in the image of God. Paul explains this in 1 Corinthians 15. As we have borne the image of the earthly, our fathers and mothers were born in their image. And we have their physical characteristics, looking like them in certain ways. As we have borne the image of the earthly, we will also bear the image of the heavenly. God is a spirit, therefore we are going to be recreated in his image, which is in the image of a spirit. Not this human body. You can read that in First Corinthians 15. So Paul tells us in Romans 12, verse 2, be not conformed to this world. Don't let your life be based on what this world says. Build your life on the word of God. There's a woman who used to come visit me and she was a church-going woman. But she would always tell me these secular things and I would say I want to build my life on the word of God and what you just said is not in the Bible. Be not conformed to this world but be ye transformed from the sayings of this world by the renewing of your mind to the word of God. I like to collect scriptures which the Holy Spirit gives me and then I can meditate in them throughout the day from time to time. I find it easiest just to take a screen print of the page of scripture. I take a screen print on my Kindle tablet and use my photo album on my Kindle tablet to collect these scriptures. That's easiest for me. But you've got to have some way to collect these scriptures so that you can look over them. Because you want to build a deep root system in your heart concerning scriptures so that you will be able to hold on to the truth of God when the world comes around speaking something else. Every time I hear that thing about climate change, and you frequently hear that, every time I hear that, I always go back to this passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 8 in Genesis chapter 8 verse 22 God says while the earth remaineth seed time and harvest cold and heat summer and winter and day and night shall not cease at the end of the world Before Jesus appears in the clouds, there will be an event where the heavens are shaken. The stars will fall from heaven. The sun will cease shining. The moon will not shine. But until that time, day and night shall not cease. Summer and winter shall not cease. Cold and heat shall not cease seed time and harvest shall not cease so i don't pay any attention to this climate control information i don't even think they can control the climate i think it's in god's hands but i know the scripture says it will continue until the end of the world People today talk about, save the planet, save the planet, do this, do that, save the planet. But you see, I know what the Bible says about the planet. Look at 2 Peter chapter 3. Start at verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. And the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness? Looking for and hastening unto the coming of the day of God wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness. Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent, that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot, and blameless. No man knows when Jesus will return. The Apostle Paul says, When Jesus returns, be diligent so that you'll be found in peace. What if he comes when you're troubled? Well, this is an exhortation from Peter to work toward living in peace constantly which is really good because the only way we can live in peace constantly is through prayer. Every time we're troubled, we have to stop and pray and let God resolve that situation so we can live in peace. Well, Jesus said in Luke 21, Be diligent that you be found of Him and be worthy to escape all the things that are coming upon this earth. And what makes you worthy? You're connected to God through prayer. At the time Jesus comes, hope to be connected to God through prayer. Therefore, do what Paul says in Philippians chapter 4. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. So, Throughout the day, a problem arises. Oh, we panic at first. I do, at least. And then I remember to pray. What about this? What what do I do about this? Connecting with God. One day, I went out to the garage to go to the grocery store. It was 5 o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I got in the car, turned on the ignition. Nothing happened. The motor was dead. It was obvious to me the battery had gone dead. Five o'clock on a Friday afternoon. I said to God, what am I going to do about this? And I heard, quickly call your mechanic. So I quickly went into the house and called the mechanic, and he said, I was just leaving my shop, but I'll come by your house and bring you a new battery. I said, oh, great. Friday afternoon. I don't think he's open on Saturday. Or Sunday but God knew the answer quickly call your mechanic we live in peace continually by stopping when a problem hits. stop turn to God what do I do about this what do you want me to do about this and what does this mean when you're turning to God that way it's like a little child What do I do? And except you be as little children, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven, says Jesus. You can find that in the book of Matthew. I can't remember which chapter. So, this connecting with God is critical. Concerning the end time, Jesus says in Luke 21, verse 34, And take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting, which means overindulgence, and drunkenness, and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be accounted worthy to escape all these things that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Men. Now, some people think this means that you pray that you'll be counted worthy to escape. That's not what this means. Look at verse 36. Watch ye therefore, comma, and pray always, comma. In other words, connect to God with prayer. That makes you worthy to escape. So when the problem hits, cry out to God. What do I do about this? God help me. And that connects us to God. He will give us the answer to the problem so that we can live in peace. And that makes us be accounted worthy to escape all these things that are coming, going to come to pass upon this earth and to stand before the Son of Man because we are connected to God. Pray. When the problem hits, at the time of the problem, pray. Resolve the problem through God, through prayer. Believing what God says to you about the problem and holding fast to that word Recently, a woman said to me, she had been troubled for several months about something. And I said, Could you be just a little more specific about the problem? And she said, Well, it concerns my husband. And she said, But I don't believe we're going to be getting a divorce because of some dreams that I've had. Now, here's where she made a mistake. She's been troubled for several months. She should have grabbed those dreams and focused on them so strongly that she believed them. She's trying to believe they won't get a divorce, but she says she has these dreams. I don't know what the dreams were. I didn't go into that with her, but I could tell she was not living in faith. She was not going by the dream that she had from God she was trying to believe they would not get a divorce and she was troubled and she was troubling me because we should not be living troubled for several months there should be something we could hold on to that's from God and in her case on that point it was those dreams but she just wasn't looking at it strongly enough. She wasn't keeping those dreams before her day and night. When the devil would try to make her think something about negative about her husband, she should have grabbed that dream and started reading it aloud and said, God, now this is the dream you gave me, and this is what I'm going to cling to concerning this subject. But she wasn't doing that. Otherwise, she would have never told us there was a problem in the first place. A young man came to visit me one time. He was a church person. And he said, it is so wonderful to be around a godly woman, meaning me. And then he said to me, of course, it's good for you, too, because now you have someone to tell your troubles to. I said, oh, no, I don't tell my troubles to a person, to a human. And he said, well, what do you do? And I said, well, I tell them to God. And I talked to him and let him resolve the situation in my thinking. The other day, I had a very fearful thought come. You're 83 years old. What if this happens to you? What if this happens? What if this happens? And I said, oh, God, help me. And instantly, the Holy Spirit said to me, God will supply all your need. I said, oh, yes, that's right. See how we're helped? We may may not remember immediately to turn to God because we're so frightened. But as soon as you can calm down enough, turn to God and say, please help me. Well, see, then you keep that word that you've heard before you day and night. I took a screen print picture of this word for my Kindle photo album on my tablet, Kindle tablet. And every time I meditate in my scriptures on the photo album, I see that word, God shall supply all your need. Philippians 4.19 Of course I knew that scripture, but we know scripture maybe 10 years ago and then we forget about it. It's the Holy Spirit who reminds us of the scripture. So then we put it back in our focus and we think about it. Or a dream is the same thing. If you have a fearful dream and that dream shows you you will not be getting a divorce and you can believe that on the dream, you keep that dream in front of you day and night, look at it all day long if you have to because the devil will attack you with the idea of divorce. Whatever God has shown you, there's the key. Whatever God has shown you, Renew your mind to that. Think upon that constantly. Meditate upon that. Have some way to keep those scriptures collected so that you can look at them first thing in the morning, last thing at night, sometimes during the day. You may have 30 minutes before your television program is going to come on. You can grab those scriptures and review them. It helps and especially in the end time. There is a scripture where it says the devil knows his time is short, so it'll be ferocious. The closer we get to the return of Jesus, the more evil we're going to see human beings do, the more evil we will see on television in their programming, because the human beings will want to see the evil because they're evil. But we're not evil. So we collect these scriptures given to us by the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit has said something to you in a dream or he reminds you of a scripture, collect that dream or that scripture and put it in writing where you can look at it constantly and keep your faith in God. Because I don't tell people my troubles. That's not what we're supposed to do. What are we supposed to do? Look at Philippians chapter 4 verse 6. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And in Luke 21, Jesus says, this will make you worthy to escape because you'll be connected to God. And you will live in peace. For in Philippians chapter 4, verse 7, and the peace of God which passeth all understanding shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus, the word. Let's read 6 and 7 once again. Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing but in everything. By prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passeth all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. So this young church person said, I'm a help to you too, because now you'll have someone to tell your troubles to. And I said, I don't tell my troubles to a person. And he said, well, who do you tell them to? And I said, to God. Because that's what it says to do. Do this. Learn to do this. My Church of Christ cousin's been in Church of Christ since she was born. She was 97 years old when she told me this story. She said, I do so well during the daytime, but in the evenings I get so lonely. I said, oh, oh, that's easy. All you do is when you start getting lonely, call on God for help. And just say, please God, help me tonight. Fill my night. Help me not to be lonely. The next time I talked with her, she said, I do so well during the day, but at night I get so lonely. She did not do the Word of God. She may have read the Bible, seen the Scripture, heard the preacher, but she didn't do it. You've got to do the Word of God diligently. Diligently keeping yourself. And we who belong to God must diligently cling to the Bible. Because we're going to hear all kinds of things that we know are wrong. I'm frequently yelling at the television program, that's not right. Then I need to look at the scripture on it. To build it in my heart. To make it more solid even. So therefore, when we hear someone on TV speak, that which is contrary to the Bible, and we know it's contrary to the Bible, it's important for us to renew our mind to the truth from the Bible. And keep that before us until, for a season at least, for a week, for a day, for a month, until that falseness can be totally rooted out that we've heard spoken by the other person. Some will think this is unnecessary. I need strength. I need it. I don't like to take a chance. I know it is critical to see the scriptures and do the scriptures and not just hear the scripture and deceive your own self. Because James tells us in James chapter 1 and chapter 2, we must be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving our own selves. You go to church and you listen to the preacher and you think you're strong because you've heard a scripture. You're tricking yourself. It's when you do the scripture that you have that strength come upon you. God showed me this scripture when I was first born again 40 years ago. And I've continued to do this scripture. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8, This book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. When you do the word of God. When you do the word of God. You're traveling down a highway. And you're looking for a road sign. Which tells you the exact place where you need to turn. We're traveling down a highway of life. The scriptures that are brought to us by the Holy Spirit. Calling those scriptures to our memory. Are the road signs. Showing us. What to do on the highway, what to do, where to turn, where to go, how to go. Those things shown us by God are critical, critical, so that we will not waver. For if a double minded man is unstable in all of his ways, and if you're double minded, saying one day, I don't believe we'll get a divorce because of the scripture, And the next day, I'm concerned about my husband. You're double-minded. It says, let not that man think that he will receive anything of the Lord. James uh, chapter 1. So you've got to stop the double-mindedness by focusing on those dreams or scriptures pertaining to the subject that you can have faith in God and not be telling other humans your problems. Because when you have faith in God and turn to God and believe Him, you don't have a problem any longer. Just like that thing that happened to me the other day. What if this happens? What if this happens? And the Holy Spirit says, God will supply all your need. And I'm saying, oh yeah, God will supply all my need. Well then, the doubt vanished. Because I believed the scripture. And now I'm keeping that before me for a season every day. Along with my other scriptures I've collected. To build my faith, to keep it solid. So that the devil can't move in with these vain thoughts. And steal the scripture from me. And cause me to be destroyed. We have to fight the good fight of faith, holding on. Fight the good fight of faith. Because he will come to steal from you if possible, if you let him. And you keep him from doing it in a very simple way, by prayer and by keeping those things in front of you that God has given you in the form of dreams and scriptures and believing it, making yourself believe what God has shown you, not just saying, oh, This might be happening, this might not be happening, but I think God showed me this. It's got to be stronger than that to survive in the end time days. Another thing in keeping ourselves, just because we turn on a television program doesn't mean we have to continue watching it. I was really quite interested in that three-part series on Hemingway. I got into part one of the series And all of a sudden, he is considering this other woman when he has a wife and child. And I just thought, I just don't need to be watching this. I was quite interested in it, but I don't need to be watching this. I don't need to be filling myself with this adulterous situation that's going to happen. So I deleted the program from my television set. I did go to the last episode because I wanted to see the story about his suicide because I knew Hemingway committed suicide. And I wanted to see what they had to say about his life at that time. So I watched some of the last of the third episode. But all the time I was watching that Hemingway thing, they were praising Hemingway and one person would praise him, another person would praise him as a writer, and they were praising Hemingway and he was shown to be such a man's man and all this type of thing. And all I could think of is, but he committed suicide. How can this be good? He committed suicide. He was a drunk. He became crazy, really. Paranoid, thinking that when he went in to eat, that the men sitting at the next table were government agents that were had come to um, investigate him. At one point in a little town in Idaho, he saw a light on at night at the bank, and he thought the government agents have come to look at his bank accounts to investigate him. And someone said to him, "That's just the cleaning woman." No, no, it's a government agent who's come to investigate. He became paranoid. He had to go to the Mayo Clinic for treatment. They said it was for high blood pressure, but really it was for mental illness, paranoia, fear. And this big man's man was a fearful man. I thought, oh, how sad that he doesn't know the way of God. Then he could turn to God with his fears, and God would relieve him. Instead, he had to go to the Mayo Clinic. They ended up giving him electric shock treatments on a regular schedule. Terrible way of life. Here's this rich, famous man with the praise of other humans, and he won a Nobel Prize for literature. And he is so fearful that he takes a shotgun and destroys himself by committing suicide because he doesn't know God. He doesn't know how to connect with God. What does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? So often when I see a story of some famous person who has died, my thought is that where are they now? Where's that person now? Nothing matters but God. Absolutely nothing matters but God. And if he tells you something, it doesn't matter what anybody says. Because you have his word on it. That's how we have to live. And when we're afraid, like little children, we say, help me. Please help me to God. And we keep ourselves through prayer and through that which God has spoken to us by his spirit. And after I renewed my mind to, after that Hemingway show, I was reminded of the following scriptures, which I did add to my collection of scriptures so I could meditate on it. God says, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. Everyone else fails you. The world's going to be destroyed. It's all going to be knocked out from under your feet, but I won't fail you or forsake you. I've made a way to deliver you. Joshua chapter 1 verse 5, Hebrews chapter 13 verse 5. And when I saw the Hemingway thing and how his mind was unsound, the thoughts come, what if you get to be like that? God reminded me of Second Timothy chapter 1 verse 7. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. The world will say to you, you're crazy to believe a scripture. How can you do that? One thing my Church of Christ cousin said to me, the one that said she didn't see how I could be a Christian. She said, you take scripture from all over the Bible and just cling to it. I don't see how you do that. Well, the one thing she didn't understand is I have the Spirit of God reminding me of that Scripture in that fearful situation so I have every right to use that Scripture from any part of the Bible when it's the Spirit of God reminding me of the Scripture because that's God's Word to me in that situation. Pay attention to the Scriptures and the dreams and the concepts that are brought to your mind by The Holy Spirit. How do you know it's the Holy Spirit? Because you know the characteristics of God. When a plan is extremely difficult to do or extremely expensive and will burden you, do you think that's God? What does the scripture say about this? Matthew chapter 11. God's yoke is easy and his burden is light. So it's another spirit that sent that thought to you. And another scripture on how you know which spirit is speaking to you and how you know the wisdom from God is James 3.17. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Pure. It's not based on my own desires. Pure. Then peaceable. Gentle. Easy to be entreated. Full of mercy and good fruits. Is this going to hurt somebody if I do this? Without partiality and without hypocrisy. If there's any form of hypocrisy in what you're thinking of doing, don't do it. You don't have the wisdom from God. Turn to God and pray again for his wisdom. But this is how we recognize the things that are of God. Thank you for allowing me to speak with you today.